Lisa and I welcome Sierra Sill to our podcast. Got a grumpy old man in your life? Change that. Okay, not that way. <laughs> Sierra Sill Natural Mineral Joint Pain Relief with a money-back guarantee at Shoppers, London Drugs, and the best health food stores. Head over to SierraSill.com, S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L.com. Use your code GF and get 10% off your purchase. Hello there. Welcome to Gracefully and Frankly. I'm Lisa Brandt. I'm Erin Davis, and our podcasts, Like Life, begin at 40. Right. Well, this is a different <laughs> kind of podcast for us, right? Well, you could call it a best of. It's some of our listeners' favorite moments from the previous episodes. The most downloads or a lot of chatter on our Gracefully and Frankly Facebook page, or we've gotten a lot of emails about them. So we know what you like because you're not shy about telling us. That's right. And we know what we like, too. Just things that stuck out to you because they resonated. And we're really grateful for you for sharing the word about Gracefully and Frankly. But you know what? We couldn't do this and let you listen for free without Envy Pillow. So thanks to Kathy and Kim for the beautiful products, for their unwavering support of Gracefully and Frankly. And we're fans of them. They're fans of us. And we just love their Envy Pillow. The V in Envy stands for the shape of the pillow. Cradles your head, supports your neck, and doesn't wrinkle you up because it's not squishing all over your face like your regular pillow does. It's a premium pillow for sure, but it's well worth the investment because you are. So check out envypillow.com, see what they have. And when you're ready to make a purchase, get 10% off by putting in the code GF for Gracefully and Frankly. And the first of our three best of episodes, while Lisa is enjoying La Dolce Vita and all the other <laughs> desserts. In just a sec. Here we go with our favorite moments and a little bit of what happened behind each one. Okay, first, Lisa, tell us how you get from your town of Port Stanley. Now, I've done this to get back mm. to uh, Victoria, and there's a lot of legs to this trip. First, tell us how you get from Port Stanley to your destination in this trip you're in right now. You go from Port Stanley to London, Ontario, London to Toronto, Toronto to Paris, and Paris to Venice. That's how we're going. Wow. So are you going to start like really early in the morning and arrive there at what time or, oh, your poor body clock? Oh, that's okay. It's Italy. We're going overnight, actually. So our plane doesn't leave till the evening. We fly overnight and we arrive in time for dinner the next day, Italian time. <laughs> oh, wonderful. I found that in Italy, and this won't affect you, the wine didn't give me a hangover because it was so pure. Well, I'm hoping that about the pasta because I don't eat pasta because of the gluten and everything else they put in it, and not to mention wheat. So I'm kind of hoping that the noodles are also pure, being made by somebody with an Italian accent, and it won't affect me badly. So wish me luck with that. I do, because apparently the wheat we eat here is too green when it's cut. But in Italy especially, they do it right. So oh, we're going to look mm. forward to some food stories when you come home. Okay, let's picture this. The first leg of your trip, the getting to the airport, the security, the check-in, and the wait are over. Now you're on the plane. You've gotten the middle seat. 
Did you hear about the Australian carrier that is offering prizes to people who book the middle seat? Yeah, because no one wants them. I've been trapped in there before. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's not fun. Oh. I don't blame them, but yeah. I actually haven't seen a lot of the things that other people have seen. Some do, but the one thing that drives me bananas to see on a plane. Can I guess? Go ahead. Go Can ahead. I guess? Okay. I'm going to go with my top two. Okay, shoes off is my big number one, and it's so it is with flight attendants, but it's people who do not respect the seat in front of them. Uh, those are them. Ah! It's not just shoes for me, though. It's shoes and socks, and yes. I've seen people do this where they just have to have their ugly little yellow Cheesies. toes out there <laughs> yeah. doing whatever their piggies need to do, and it's just gross. I have taken my boots off before just because of my feet being so sore, not boots necessarily, but whatever I'm wearing, and just kept my feet to myself in their socks by my seat. And if I get up and go anywhere, I'm going to put my shoes back on. But I've seen people take it all off and then they've got their feet stretched out and the cart's coming. And it's not your living room. You uncouth tool. Ooh, wow. The uncouth tools coming soon to the yes. London arena. And hitting the back of the oh, seat, God. too. It's like, do they not see a head in front? Like there's a person there? Yeah. And getting up and using the back of the seat in front of you as your ballast. Oh, pulling it. And all of a sudden, you know, you're getting a case of whiplash. You're in the middle of watching Marley and me and snots <laughs> everywhere. And then all of a sudden this jerk behind you actually jerks. Yeah. The people who take their shoes off. I travel with a pair of travel socks or slippers. Mm -hmm. And I have been admonished by the flight attendant if I've been going up the uh, the aisle, you know, in the middle of the night to use the lav, and she'll point down and go, oh, no, no, put your shoes on. Those splashes on the floor in there aren't water. And you go, oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. You got a whole lot of shaking going on up there. Uh, one of the things flight attendants would like you to do is always, always, always wear your seatbelt because no matter whether the pilot is able to warn you of the turbulence, we've all heard of this happening, right? All of a sudden, you've got your head in the ceiling of the plane and it's not your fault. On a flight to Vancouver one time, I always have my seatbelt on when I'm sitting just because they tell you to and it's just smart. But we hit some sort of weird turbulence and within about two seconds, we were all... Ooh. Up above our seats, like the plane dropped, oh. and the band was on the lowest part of our hips, and everybody was just sort of forced up. It was the strangest thing, and I've never forgotten it, and always wear my seatbelt now, just in case. We started out talking about the middle seat and how you detest it and how everybody does. Unless you're traveling with a mate and you can raise that armrest and sort of rest against each other. I think I read somewhere that, according to a survey probably of people who've been stuck in the middle seat, they deserve both the armrests. Hmm. And I kind of believe that. But it's, try, you know, it's getting buddy or, or ma'am next to you to relinquish that armrest. But really, truly, if you're stuck in the middle seat, it's just the kind thing to do. And kindness isn't always first in everybody's minds, especially when we're traveling. Right. We're nervous and thinking about ourselves and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Do you ever had anyone fall asleep on you? No. Only during my drift sleep casts, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how apropos. I had a kid sitting beside me just sort of leaning on my arm, falling asleep. It was the, the cutest thing. And his parents were on the other side of the aisle and they were looking at me like, oh, sorry. And I'm like, it's 
fine. Aww. But it, I think it was only because it was a kid. If it was <laughs> an adult with a giant head who was trapping me there, it would have been a little bit different. Yeah, no kidding. And the number one thing for flight attendants that they request is don't expect me to read your mind. When your flight attendant walks down the aisle to take your drink order, be as specific as you can. If you want a coffee, mention that you want cream or sugar or sweetener. But mostly they say, just take your earphones out for a second and pay attention so we can keep things moving for the rest of the passengers. Isn't that so true, right? You're busy listening to, well, this podcast or whatever, and you know, you're know you distracted, but these people have a job to do. Fun, fun flight for a lot of flight attendants. Yeah, and thank them for just even being on the job. A lot of the problem is not enough staff. Yeah. And so the ones who are there are even more precious because of it. So I'm always grateful just to see that they're there. And you know what else we're grateful to see? Our bags. Can I just give you one tip, if nothing else from this podcast ever, except for what Lisa has said, which is always much more valuable and wise than what I have to say. Oh, please. Listen to me now or hear me later. Buy the Apple AirTags. Spend the money. It's $120, $130 for, I think, two of them. Buy the Apple AirTags. Tuck them in your suitcases if you're checking them. Even if it's your carry-on, you can get separated from your purse or your carry-on or your backpack. You have a couple too many mimosas, you might leave that bag under the seat. But please buy the Apple AirTags. Lisa, when I had my travel debacle in November, after seven hours in the Edmonton airport on my way to Toronto, I was able to get to Pearson standing there, almost tears in my eyes, as the luggage carousel went around and around. And Rob texted me and said, honey, your bag is in Edmonton. Wow. And I said, honey, your bag was in Edmonton, but I'm in Toronto now. What are you talking about? <laughs> and he didn't mean me. He meant my suitcase. And he was able to tell me the entire next day and the day after where it was and if it was going to get to me in time for my gig so that I could have the right clothes. So please... Even if only for peace of mind, they have been found in back alleys, in suitcases that were stolen. So many stories. And of course, air tags can be used for nefarious reasons. That's not what I'm on about. You take care of you. Have you got them yet, Lisa? I'm not with Apple. Oh. I am Android. I don't have anything Apple in my life. I left that cult some years ago and got rid of all my Apple stuff. So what am I supposed to do? Well, here's the other tip I have for you, and I'm sure that there's Android tags. I don't know how you people live. Just look it up yourself. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do everything for you. <laughs> what I'm going to suggest is with you and your travel mate, whether you're doing carry-on or whether you're packing, spend some time before you go through where you drop off your luggage and just put half your stuff in her bag and vice versa so that if one of your bags gets lost, you will still have your own underwear. There are Android luggage tags, Erin, so I should probably make the purchase, right? That's my slow clap for you. <laughs> I'm very happy for you know early I am. Get the damn tags. That's what I'm saying. All right. I have to ask you, Lisa, did you end up getting some version of AirTags? Please tell me you did. Oh, jeez. I totally forgot. Oh, and how many times have we talked about it? Oh, my God. Silly, silly me. Oh. Yep. All right. Okay. I don't learn nothing. <laughs> 
I hope that you have your maple leaf pin or flag on, too, so they know you're Canadian. Oh, absolutely. Flying my proud Canadian self everywhere I go, for sure. Okay. (laughs) Coming up, a real eye-opener as I stepped out of my comfort zone, which, okay, we all know that's my pajamas, and hosted an event in downtown (laughs) Victoria. And you know what? I haven't been asked back. Hmm, just saying. Hmm. And then we're going to step into my teeny tiny obsession with a particular shoe. How are you coming off your big first in-person full day MC gig in a long time? Oh, thanks for asking. Yeah, it was big. It was a couple hundred people with a branch of the BC government and they couldn't have been better. But I'll tell you, I had a couple of awakenings and Yeah, I go back to Toronto and I do these a couple times a year. I still emcee things. But in this case, for one thing, one of the speakers was very graphic about her experience in the residential schools as a child, her mother's experience, her grandmother's experience. And it was very graphic because, you know, it's not a fairy tale. It's some really awful things happened. But when it was over, the CEO said, I'm going to go out. And this was after a lunch break. She said, I'm going to go out. I got to say a few things. Because a couple of people had said to her how profoundly disturbing it was. And you know what? I get that. There were people there who were very disturbed by her message. And so the CEO, which I think was showing great leadership, went out and said, you know what? We could have done that better. We could have prepared you more for it. Mm. That was my first experience in that sort of a situation where, you know, I had presented it as this is going to be uplifting. You cannot believe how far she has come. I mean, this is the woman who started Orange Shirt Day. Wow. And as I said later, she's going to be on a stamp if anybody ever uses stamps again. So that happened. And that was an eye opener for me. I won't use the word triggered, but it almost felt a little bit like that. Yeah. And the other one was one of our guest speakers, his mic, and then his second mic, and then his third mic all failed. There were sound problems. And that was through no fault of ours. But I leaned over and I had on my lapel mic, right? And I said, well, we might just have to do it like this. And the gentleman was in a wheelchair. I should tell you that too, to sort of set the story, because he's an amazing man, Warren McDonald. And his TV show is called I Shouldn't Be Alive. But I leaned over and I said, we may have to do it this way. And he said, well, that'll be awkward. And I said, no, it could be fun. And all of a sudden, I heard the Golden Girls coming out of my mouth. I heard Rue McClanahan or whatever her name was saying, no, honey, it could be fun. <laughs> and, and I thought, oh, crap, I can't flirt anymore. Now I just seem like this is awful. Did you feel like you were being predatory or that people viewed you that way? Like from inside when you're 60, you just you don't feel any different than you did when you were 34, Right. Absolutely. But moving away from that topic, because he was great about it and he laughed and everybody laughed and I will always go for a cheap laugh without offending anyone or anyone's sensibilities. But it was eye opening for me. It's like something you said, Lisa, when we were sitting around and talking and you've seen me obsessing about nipping and tucking because I'm at the weight I want to be now, but everything is just too big or sagging on me now. And you said, Aaron, we're 60 nobody's looking at us. I didn't mean that to be a bummer or anything, but this is a time in our lives when nobody's judging us for how we look and we're a bigger package right now. Was that a surprise to you to sort of hear that? 
Well, you talk about being 34 in your head. And yeah. it, for me, I'm forever 42. That's always where I'm going to be in my head, I hope. But you have spoken about this. And I think Michelle Yeoh at the Oscars also said, don't ever let anybody tell you you're past your prime. And she is our age, too, also born in 1962. And and it's just like we are fading into invisibility. And I don't see that as necessarily a negative. I realized as soon as I stopped coloring my hair and I started looking more my age that I became invisible. And younger people would maybe hold the door open for me, but do it with a like a <sighs> impatient thing, like I gotta let this old broad through or whatever. And hmm. I actually found that kind of amusing. I thought it was kind of funny. It's like, you have no idea. I'm actually kind of cool, and you're an idiot, is what I was thinking in my head. But, oh, and thank you for holding the door. But I don't find it to be a complete negative. I find that there's so much more power within me now. I glow so much more inside me than I expect to come from outside me that I don't mind if I'm walking around feeling kind of like I'm in an invisibility cloak. It doesn't bother me. And I don't feel like anybody cares what I wear. I don't know. It's just I'm finding a freedom in it. That's very interesting. I can only liken it to when I moved to Vancouver Island from Toronto, how long it took for me to even walk the dog without makeup on because I was so used to having that mask, that armor, that thing that protected me. So when somebody went home after seeing me at Loblaws, they didn't say, whoa, what a bag, you know? So I've always had that mm -hmm. because of being in the public eye. And I don't know if I can ever let it go. I shook it off in a heartbeat. Of course, I didn't I didn't have your level of recognizability, but that stuff, pretty much once I stopped working in Toronto, I just shook it off with no problem. And, and it felt great. I still, I probably should wear more makeup. <laughs> yeah. But I do, I do wear some, but I don't fuss a lot over it or any of that stuff. What about your mom? Can we just do a little informal survey between the two of us? My grandmother, one of them was she had to trek out to an outhouse until she was in her 70s. She was pure Prairie League, that woman. My other grandmother, dressed to the nines, always wearing her heels and her tender tootsies, no matter how bad her arthritis was, always with the jewelry and the lipstick. My mom, she would gasp at fellow women in the grocery store who would go grocery shopping in their curlers because they wanted to look good when their husbands got home. <laughs> right. She'd rather be dead than be seen in curlers. So I come from that level of look good when you go out because that to her equaled self-respect. What was your mom like? My mom would look amazing when she felt she was at her proper weight. Mm. And if she put on 10 pounds, she'd think, well, what's the point? and stop caring. And it wasn't that she didn't care. And even when I say I don't care, I mean, I still make sure things match and I am fully dressed and all that kind of stuff. I have a little bit of pride. I've noticed that about you. I really like that about you, Lisa. <laughs> you know that, Lisa? Everything matches on her. I, you know, she is a snappy dresser. Well, I have to admit, <laughs> one day I went out and I didn't realize until I came back that I was wearing a pajama top. So, you know, it's not always perfect, but luckily I had a jacket over over it. Oh, um, yeah, that's what my mom was like. She went through phases of she felt like she had it all and it usually had to do with weight. She would spend a lot more money on her clothing and, and pay a lot more attention to it. Hmm. Yeah, she gave into what I'm giving into and much, much younger than I have. Stretchy pants and sensible shoes right. and stuff like that. I still have my heels and stuff. I have a pair of flu bogs that I haven't gotten rid of. 
You should explain what fluvogs are because it sounded like you were just speaking, you know, something out of Star Trek. We know what they are. (laughs) Fluvogs are my dream shoe. I was standing in a Tim Hortons of all places one time with a friend I was working with, and I just was drawn to these heels in front of me because they were so unusual. They tapered, but then came out wide at the bottom, like a suction cup almost. And the shoes were obviously very expensive and well-crafted. And I I said to Leanne, what the heck is that? She goes, oh, that's a fluvog. And it's F-L-U-E-V-O-G. And the designer is, I believe, Canadian. Yeah. And they have storefronts. They even have a community on their website where you can resell your used fluvogs. And they hold their value remarkably if you've taken care of them. So it's just a thing where I fell in love with fluvogs. And I've had a couple pair over the years. To me, they look like Minnie Mouse shoes. And that's not in a disparaging way. They are so unique. There is a line of them called minis. And you can get them in all these bright colors and things. The ones I have right now are pretty sedate. But that's the Fluvog story. And believe me, they haven't given me a nickel to say anything about this because I would go spend it on Fluvogs. Yeah, exactly. Standing there stylishly in her flofers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Lisa, maybe you'll go shopping for some Italian flofers. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to feel the leather. Well, this next story is one that I hear about a lot from friends like you, from listeners, from readers to my blog at AaronDavis.com. It is just so typically me, Lisa. <laughs> Started out as a frolic through a sprinkler. Is that the one you're talking about? Because I hearken back to that one many times whenever I see a sprinkler. So let's hear the free-range chicken cutlet story again. I kept thinking as it's happening, I can't wait to tell Lisa about it. But what we used to call the Reader's Digest version. The local firefighters, because it was going to be in the mid to upper 20s here in North Saanich, our part of Vancouver Island. So they said, we're going to come and spray from the trucks and let everybody cool off. And it happened to be in a schoolyard near us. We had Colin and I said, "Okay, let's go. So I put on some leggings and I put on a tankini top, a long bikini top which I found out no longer fits me. So there I am. And I thought, well, if I'm going to wear this thing, I've got to put in a little bit of a boost. So I got a what we call a chicken cutlet. It's a little silicone, like a pad almost. And it's comfy and and warm. And it's just, it's nice. It's nice. Uh, Rob likes to nestle it up against his cheek after I've been wearing it. (laughs) Is that too much information? The lease of loss, bring me a cutlet. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, someone else is doing that today because we ran through this plume of cold water, Colin and I, hand in hand. And it was cold, but it was wonderful. And when I got home... I realized that one of these little chicken cutlets had fallen out. Oh, no. So we're looking around the house, retracing my steps, checking in the mini to see if it's there. Yes, the same mini Lisa and I shot our promos in. (laughs) And it's nowhere to be found. So Rob and I go back and we found all kinds of stuff on the field. But we didn't find it. And then the scenarios of what happened to that cutlet started going through my head. All I could think was, I bet Dottie would find it because (laughs) it's got your scent. And she'd be like, well, wait a minute. This smells like mom. 
You're probably right. She has started pulling out the odd sock and things that I leave on the floor, which, as you know, are many. Well, the other thing was, I remember when I had Leroy, the Border Collie, and he grabbed my mouth guard once and looked at me and smiled with the funniest face ever, and then it snapped in half, and that she would probably pick it up and pierce it with her teeth. So in a way, it's good she didn't find it. Yeah, someone's dog or child has made off with this thing because it's not like the field was groomed. There was still stuff on the field. So goodness knows what happened to it. But all I know is somebody's mother was horrified. (laughs) And really, isn't that what Mother's Day weekend is all about? (laughs) From Mother's Day to Thanksgiving weekend to my birthday, just Mm -hmm. saying, which is nearly upon us. Let's make sure neither of us does anything to traumatize children. You know, that's, that's always our aim. Okay, let's set this one up. Uh, You did something on the internet that is neither common nor recommended. What did you do? I responded to a scammer who was trying to romance scam me. And instead of just ignoring or blocking or whatever, I crafted a response to him. And that's exactly what you're not supposed to do. So, Lisa, is there something about you and Derek I need to know? I I saw an exchange that you had on (laughs) Facebook with someone who really seems to be kind of sweet on you. Uh, What's going on? Oh, my goodness. It was on your sister's page. Oh, darn her. I put a note under wishing her happy birthday, and she did a before and after photo because she looks fantastic. She's lost some weight, and I said, you look even younger than you did a few years ago. And then some guy named ostensibly Jason Brown, popped in after my comment to Leslie and said, are you ready for this? Mm, Okay. Hello, beautiful. How are you doing? I must say you have a beautiful picture. Please, I would like us to be friends and get to know more about each other too. If you can send me a friend request, that would be nice of you. Wow. Day change. I know. (laughs) Look at you. So I responded, Oh, Jason, I've been waiting for you to come rescue me from this hellish life of misery. Oh, where no one recognizes my insane beauty. Oh, please, please let me know your bank information so I can send you all of my money, which you most certainly need for a terrifically important reason that won't be suspicious at all. (laughs) That's the best own I think I've ever read. Jason never came back. Jason has gone. No, he's trying to find a way to get to Port Stanley. He's probably looking online at real estate so you can set up your little love nest and you can have visitation Mm. with cuddles. But Mm -hmm. I'm just so sick of these guys coming into Instagram and they're a doctor or they're in the army or whatever, you know, and it's just such crap. If he does respond, we are all waiting with bated (laughs) breath to find out what happens next in this incredible (laughs) romance novel. So is Derek. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Couple months have passed. Did you get a response? Not from this particular guy. Live and learn. A few days later, you did it again. I know. I know. (laughs) Share that one with us. I told you. Learning isn't my thing. (laughs) Right. I'm getting that. I don't know why I did that in that voice either. But anyway, Uh, yeah. So this guy's name, Franklin Wood. That sounds real, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. It sounds like you buy coins or collectibles from them for starters. (laughs) That's right. Right? And then they'd be worthless when you try to sell them. Yeah. 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 So he wrote that he spent a while looking at my page, looking at my beautiful photo, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. You know, they always have to mention God. He was amazed at the beauty with which God created me. Oh. 
He'd like to have me as a friend and wants to know more about this beautiful angel and tried to add me as a friend, but it didn't work. So he wants me to add him as a friend. And so I just said, Franklin, why don't we skip the formalities and just pledge our undying love, credit cards and bank accounts to each other? What's mine is yours and yours is mine. I see there's a monkey in your profile pic. He had a monkey on his shoulder. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to having a monkey. In fact, I think I'll just keep the monkey and let you go. Ah! Farewell, my love. Relationship begun, happened, and over in five sentences. Oh, that was so masterful. Yeah, except it encouraged them all to follow me, but whatever. Oh, God. Anything for followers. Okay, coming up in a moment, (laughs) the fruit that could inadvertently be sending a sign that you're open for business, not unlike Lisa's answering trolls, as the best of gracefully and frankly heads to the grocery store shopping for the other passion fruit. All right, now Lisa's going to tell us this story here, but as I recall, you had the most brutal cold at the time. So promise me you're not going to come home from your Italian adventure sick. I promise I'll be well. Good. Okay, so it started with part of a blog post that I wrote about learning that this woman got a, a pineapple tattoo. And she thought, wouldn't it be fun if the pineapple was upside down? Well, she got this thing permanently put into her skin and then was told that that is a signal that she's looking for swingers. Open relationship. Yep. Okay. A little fruit on the side. So when we were shopping in the beautiful little town of, say it for me, I can't can't say any of them. P-A apostrophe I-A. Paya or Paella. I'd say it wrong too. Beautiful little town. And the nicest shirt had pineapples on it. And I thought, oh, this is ridiculous. It's, I'm buying it for my husband. It's going to look great on him. And, but a lot of the pineapples were upside down. And after I bought it, as you know, I thought about it for a while and thought, I just wrote about how this is looking for swingers. What's he going to think? <laughs> so I did end up trading it for another shirt. It was a nice shirt, though. But I don't want to put him out there as a billboard for affairs. And by the way, Lisa's blog is at voiceoflisabrandt.com. It's a must-read every day, no paywall. Help me out here, Lisa. We go through life not knowing something like a pineapple <laughs> upside down could be a symbol for, hey, hey. How do you not unknow that? I don't want to know that now. Help me. I don't think there's a way. And it ruined a perfectly nice men's shirt for me because of that. I don't think there's a way. I mean, this might be over already. Who knows what the kids are doing now? And we're stuck with it in our minds forever. I will never look at a pineapple the same way. A pineapple! (laughs) Oh, no. Geez, we have a lot of laughs on this show. And we go deep on some things, as we will next week on Episode 41 in our Best Ups. Well, we're going to wrap up this week with warm thoughts and wishes for a lovely Thanksgiving to you and yours. And, of course, your birthday on Sunday. And then we'll both be 61. Don't forget, my phrase that pays is, Mi dispiace. The most Canadian phrase ever, I'm sorry. 
So repeat after me. Me dis me What does it mean? I despise myself. <laughs> oh, no wonder I couldn't say it. I refuse. No, no but it is sorry. It honestly is me dispiaci. Or I'm dispatching myself. I'm out of here. I don't know. We've probably got language scholars who are going, why don't you guys stick to trying to speak English? But anyway, arrivederci. <laughs> Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Okay, bye.